Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Lineout Rugby Podcast. Uh, we're actually doing two episodes uh, this week. Uh, the first episode we're going to look at uh, last weekend's action concerning uh, France and Japan, New Zealand and Ireland and Australia and England, while at the same time looking forward to uh, the uh, New Zealand-Ireland third test series decider this weekend, and the same for Australia and England. Uh, in short, what a weekend last weekend. Um, I have to admit, I don't think in 50 years of watching rugby, I can remember the last time that the summer tours to the Southern Hemisphere have ended with all uh, game threes being series deciders. It may have happened. I, I probably need to do my research a bit more, but in in my own memory, I can't remember it. So, you know, what, what an exciting uh, Saturday we are in for. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the super Saturday of the, of the Southern tours, a bit like, you know, in the Six Nations. And, you know, we had a super Saturday this year in the Six Nations. So what a bonus. We get another one in the summer. Um, yeah, just, you know, some, some great stuff, history in the making for Ireland, history in the making for Wales. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not saying per se unexpected, perhaps certainly in the case of Wales unexpected. Um, but yeah, uh, just, yeah. In short, what, what a prospect we've got to look forward to this Saturday. Uh, also, last weekend, we had Canada play Spain in Ottawa. I'm going to talk about that in the next episode. Um, not too much to say about that, really, to be honest. Uh, and I will explain why in the next episode. But without any further ado, let's look at last week's action and look forward, uh, like I say, to New Zealand, Ireland, and England, Australia. So last weekend, uh, Japan and France kicked us off in, in the wee hours of the morning, if you were catching it live. Um, again, another scorcher of a day uh, in Japan, really hot and humid conditions. And I think you could tell it started to affect the French a bit. They weren't nearly as um, efficient as, and clinical as they had been in the first test. Um, I think by the same token as well, Japan improved dramatically from their first test performance against France. France ended up getting the win 2015, but it was a lot more of an arm wrestle for them, I think, um, than the first test had been. But, you know, they'll, they'll go back to France uh, feeling pretty pleased. Um, they won the series. Uh, it was only two games. It wasn't the third game, but they won both games. Um, so, yeah, they, they wrapped it up and, and got the job done. Um, but yeah, you know, a good performance overall, I think, f uh, from them, um, a lot of players, uh, you know, especially good to see Charles Olivon, uh, the French captain back in action again after injury. Um, so yeah, you know, I think Fabian Gelty can feel pretty pleased, uh, much like the Australian tour last year, you know. Uh, a lot of his lesser-known players, uh, some depth-building, challenging tour, and coming out with two wins, winning the series out of it. I think he can feel pretty pleased with events. You know, as for Japan, I think 
they can feel pretty good about that second test. Um, you know, they gave the French a real fight. Uh, they will be playing again. Uh, they'll play, be playing the French again um, this fall uh, in, in France as part of the Autumn Nation series. But, um, you know, going into that, I think they, could, they can feel pretty good with that. A quick look at the stats, uh, possession. Uh, overall, it, it, it was in favor of Japan. The territory game overall was in favor of France. Uh, you know, Japan outscored um, France two tries to one. Um, so yeah, you know, not not too too bad. As usual, the French, uh, sorry, the Japanese, you know, ran the leather off uh, the ball over the park, five hundred fifty-two meters to France's three hundred thirty-nine. Um, pretty even in terms of defenders beaten on both sides. Twenty for Japan, nineteen for France. Uh, and the same with clean breaks. Um, but again, you know, the Japanese just chucking the ball around so much more than, than the French do. Um, and, uh, and again, those sort of trademark insane Japanese offloads, just, just remarkable. Their offloading game remains exciting and, and, and thrilling to watch. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, not, not a bad show, I think, um, from, from Japan. They, they can feel pretty happy with, with that. Um, their tackle success still leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, you know, but uh, they were, they matched France in the rocks. Um, their line out work needs a little bit. Uh, there's some stuff to be done there, but again, pretty competitive in the, in the scrums as well. So yeah, overall, um, not too shabby a performance from Japan. I think they'll feel well pleased with their work this summer against France. Then next up, we had the big one. And uh, that leads us into looking forward to uh, this weekend's series decider between Ireland and New Zealand. Ireland get their first ever historic win against the All Blacks on uh, New Zealand soil. And, you know, this is now becoming a pretty intense rivalry between these two sides. Um, you know, Ireland is definitely becoming New Zealand's bogeyman, uh, much like the French were in the 90s. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it was an epic win. Um, you know, I think uh, Ireland, you know, it's really hard to say. I would... They they control New Zealand uh, very effectively, but as everybody says, one of the remarkable things about that game at one point, you know, New Zealand, New Zealand were down to thirteen men, and ironically, Ireland just could not turn that into points. And you know, reading the the post game analysis from a lot of people, I'll, I agree with some people's observation. I think that Ireland actually doesn't play very well against uh less than 15 men it's i don't know whether it's they just don't know how to use the space now that's been created and the extra extra room to maneuver but they just don't seem to turn those periods of the opposition being down a man or in this case down two men into points and it's really strange a lot of other teams do but ireland don't um they, you know, they, they were down in New Zealand's half 
a lot during that period, but they just couldn't turn it into points. It's it's very strange. They seem to play better against a full strength opposition side, you know, a full fifteen man side. It's 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 the only team I, I see like that. Um, it's it's quite bizarre. Um, and while a lot of people have have um, observed it, nobody seems to be able to really put their finger on us as to why. But yeah, very interesting. Um, interesting game. Um, some absolutely massive performances from some of the Irish guys. Uh, Andrew Porter with two tries. He was just a menace throughout the game. I thought, um, you know, Dan Sheehan again had uh, a terrific game. Um, you know, his, his line-out work was, was dramatically improved, I thought, from the first test. Um, so, yeah, I think he can feel pretty pleased with how that went. Tad Furlong was back to his best. But but uh, Tad Byrne, what a game he had. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, I thought he'd been pretty quiet in the first test, but boy, did he have a, a barnstormer uh, last weekend. So Ireland definitely be looking for, for more of the same for him. I thought James Ryan was a little bit... Uh, a little bit more active, although he did give away a yellow card um, at one point in the match, which uh, which was unfortunate. Um, in the back row, uh, I just thought Peter Omani was... You know, I said last week, when he seems to play New Zealand, he seems to find some extra depth to his game. I, I don't know what it is, but again, it's just a... a blinder of a game from him and doing things you just don't expect a back rower to do. I mean, that 50-22 uh, that he kicked, uh, <laughs> just insane. I was a real shame, though. Unfortunately, Ireland fluffed that line-out, uh, the resulting line-out from it. But uh, still, I mean, what a monster game from the man. And he's clearly having a good time in New Zealand. And uh, I think, you know, the whole... Um, momentum of the tour the history that's at stake to be made he is just thriving in it um and as a result becoming a real talisman he always is a talisman but but an extra level of talisman if you like to to his team so good on him uh i'm loving watching him in this in this series uh josh van as usual had a really good game i thought kaylin doris came out of the woodwork and really made an impact um, and Ireland will be wanting to see the same again from him. Um, Jameson Gibson Park uh, and Jonathan Sexton, I thought, had a really uh, a really good outing. Um, so that was impressive. Uh, good to see Sexton last the game uh, and not be uh, taken off with another head injury head, head injury assessment. So uh, thank heavens for that. James Lowe, I thought didn't have the best of games um you know he had moments but he's just not quite firing the way i think he needs to um the centers i thought robbie henshaw gary Ringrose, good shame to see uh Ringrose get taken off um but certainly when uh aki came on to replace him um, after Ringrose had that unfortunate tackle and was taken off for a head injury, which he subsequently failed. Um, Aki certainly made the kind of physical impact that, that you needed. Um, 
and yeah, Hugo Keenan, I thought, had a much uh, better game than he did in the first test. Mac Hansen was impressive. Yeah, it was just a, a solid in, in performance. New Zealand, though, some huge disciplinary issues. Um, you know, the yellow cards, the red card. Uh, yeah, you know, when New Zealand created opportunities, as evidenced by the Barrett try, they look good. Um, and it's interesting, they made better use of Ireland being a man down than Ireland made of New Zealand being two men down. But their discipline was 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 really poor. Their execution at times was really sloppy, and the kind of pressure that Ireland was able to put put on them really seemed to get to them, and it 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 rattled them. Um, I I didn't think their their front row was overly effective. There, I didn't think they were overly effective in the set pieces. Um, Brody Ritalik and Scott Barrett just seemed to get shut down continuously by Ireland. Uh, I didn't really see uh, too much from the back row, although it wasn't helped by Artie Sevilla having to go off. Yeah, Aaron Smith, uh, I think because of the pressure Ireland was able to, to put, put him under, really didn't fire. And uh, his replacement, uh, fellow Highlander, Falau Fakataba, I didn't see anything from him. I'm even though he seems to be the, you know, the best thing since sliced bread as far as, as New Zealand is concerned. I didn't see anything from those two, and it, it just made me then question, yeah, they may be great when the opposition isn't firing, but when the opposition is firing, you know, these are your two scrum halves from New Zealand's poorest performing super rugby team. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, you know... I would still much rather see a Brad Weber, uh, Finley Christie access at, at uh, number nine for, for the old blacks. Anyway, uh, Bowden Barrett had some good moments, I thought. Um, Lester Fanganuku, I think he was pretty lucky not to see red um, after that tackle on, on um, Mac Hansen. Uh, but enough said on that. Um, certainly, I think what we did see throughout the weekend was some inconsistency in card decisions and refereeing. You know, it seems like a broken record. We're saying that pretty well every weekend of test rugby now. So uh, I would sincerely hope post this series and heading into the rugby championship uh, in a few weeks time that can get addressed. We shall see. Um, but yeah, like I thought Quinty Paya and Ray, uh, Reiko Ioani really didn't have the kind of influence they had in the first test. Uh, even Severis um, and, and even Jordy Barrett got kind of marginalized to a certain degree. Um, and, you know, even when the, the bench replacements came on, Will Jordan obviously scored a try. He just, every time he comes on, he seems to score a try. And hence, um, I think it's no surprise to see him starting this weekend. Um, but even Richie Moanga couldn't really um, get get the edge that he, he is known to, to be able to bring to uh, the All Blacks' efforts. So, yeah, uh, stats-wise, um, you know, it's interesting. New Zealand uh, won the possession game, but Ireland won the territory game. Uh, two tries apiece. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, penalties, uh, 
yeah, New Zealand really need to uh, look at the videos for that one. Um, but, you know, for the rest of it, it, it was pretty even Stevens. Um, and I say it was interesting. Ireland's control was better, but I think at times their execution uh, wasn't all that hot, um, especially as evidence when they had a two-man advantage. But, uh, yeah, lots to think about for, for this weekend um, for both sides, I think, in what should be an epic showdown. Um, but I think, you know, the, the one thing that Ireland have going for them that um, if this series does get sealed in, in their favor, it's their defense. And that's clearly something that New Zealand are struggling to cope with. I mean, that Irish defense has been for some time now rock solid. Um, really well disciplined, really well structured. Uh, it's pretty hard to penetrate. Um, so good on them for that. And I argue that, you know, New Zealand's defense is, is not shabby, but it just somehow doesn't have the cohesion or, or resolute effectiveness of the Irish defense. Um, so there you go. Um, like I say, it, it was pretty even Stevens in terms of, of stats. Nobody really um, stood out overall. Um, but I think ultimately it was just a, a better organization, better discipline from, from Ireland, which got the job done. Heading into this weekend for an unprecedented series decider between the two sides, looking at the lineup, uh, Nepo Lolala comes in, um, um, and Ireland basically stick uh, with exactly the, uh, the same uh, front row as, as they had. So no changes there. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard to say, I think, as to who's going to have the edge um, in terms of, of, of who, who gets, the, who gets the, the luck of the green in the front rows. But I think it's, it would favor Ireland. Uh, Brody Ritalik and Sam Whitelock uh, are reunited in the second row again with Sam Barrett, uh, sorry, Scott Barrett moving back to the back row. Back into the back row, up against Tad Byrne and James Ryan. Like I say, um, Byrne had an absolute monster of a game. And I mean monster of a game last weekend. Ireland will want to see the same again for him. And James Ryan certainly uh, kind of started to get back into his groove. So Ireland will want to see that again. Uh, back rows... I'm sorry, my money's on the Irish. Uh, you know, with the way Omani and Van der Fleer and Kaelin Doris played last weekend, if they play like that again this weekend, um, you know, I, I think their only real genuine threat is already Sevilla, um, who, you know, had to spend quite a bit of time on the bench last week because of all the yellow cards and uncontested scrums and so on. So, yeah, um, yeah, really, really interesting there. I, I think uh, definitely Artie Sevilla is, is New Zealand's strongest suit, um, but uh, we shall see. Uh, in the halfbacks, it stays the same with Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett um, with, um, you know, Folau Fakatava on the bench again. 
don't really understand that selection decision. But uh, I think, you know, Jamison Gibson Park has nothing to apologize for. Um, and you got Connor Murray on the bench for Ireland with, you know, Sexton fit again for, for this concluding match and Joey Carberry. I think, you know, if they keep playing with the confidence they've got, certainly in the scrum half positions, I, I give up, I put my money on Ireland. Um, and with, you know, Sexton being the game manager that he is providing he can stay fit, then yeah. Um, not too shabby, not too shabby at all. Um, in the backs, like I say, I think James Lowe needs to have a better game. I wasn't overly uh, impressed with him last weekend. Some flashes of brilliance, but um, I think at times the pressure was getting to him and he was fluffing his lines a bit. I thought, um, you know, Mac Hansen uh, had a good outing last weekend. Um and I expect a bigger performance from him this weekend. Uh, Hugo Keenan looked really good, I thought, at fullback. And Aki and Henshaw, you know, and Aki had to come on for the unfortunate Gary Ringrose, who is not available for this match because uh, of head injury protocols, which I'm very happy to see, to be honest, that those are being respected. Um, yeah, it, it look, it looks a good Irish outfit um, in the backs. You know, Severis, David Havili... Uh, and Rico Iwani in the centers. Havili, I'm not overly impressed with. I haven't been for quite a while. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, Severis, we all know what he can do. He just needs to be given the space and opportunity in which to do it, or even just be allowed to create opportunities of his own. Um, interesting to see that New Zealand have gone with starting Will Jordan. That's, I think, a very smart move. The guy just seems to score tries. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he is going to be a real handful for, for Lowe. And given my concerns about Lowe in the first two tests, particularly defensively, um, yeah, I would, uh, if I was the Ireland coaching staff, I would have concerns there. Uh, and then, you know, lastly, Jordy Barrett shoring everything up the back for, for New Zealand. Um, you know, we know what he can do. Um he just needs to be able to do it. So, yeah. On the bench, interesting to see the return at hooker of Dane Coles. Uh, Aiden Ross and Ofa Tungafasi uh, makes the rest of the front row replacements. Akira Ioani uh, coming in with Dalton Papali. I would have thought Dalton Papali would have started. I'm a little bit surprised at that. But, uh, yeah, Akira Ioani, they're going to need a big, big game from him. Falau Fakatava, I've already said I didn't see anything from him last week that convinced me that he's the, the next best thing. Um, I would have heard to see Weber or Christie on the bench if I was a New Zealand supporter, but then what do I know? Uh, Richie Moenga, again, we all know what he can bring. Uh, New Zealand will need a really big impact from him as an impact player. I'll be honest, I I would have almost switched the roles around and brought Bo, uh, Barrett in as the impact player and started with Moanga to uh, try and give New Zealand a bit of dominance in terms of, uh, you know, having a bit more of a, a game management contest with Sexton, but we'll see. Uh, just because, you know, Moanga is, I think Barrett's more unpredictable, but I think uh, Moanga is actually the more accomplished in terms of um, overall 
skill sets in relation to what the rest of his team need to do. So we shall see. And then Roger uh, Tuvisa-Shek, I've heard a lot about this guy uh, as an in inside center. Um, you know, big star for the Blues. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But uh, interesting lineup. Uh, for Ireland, good solid bench. Rob Herring, Kean Healy, Finley, Bealham to uh, make the front row replacements. Uh, Kieran Treadwell, I thought, playing really well. Um, Jack Conan to bring in. We all know what he can do. Uh, Connor Murray, I thought, you know, he's coming off the bench and, and I wouldn't say necessarily making an impact, but he's keeping things calm, which in those closing 20 minutes of, of, of a game uh, is what Ireland needs. Uh, Joey Carberry, I think, is stepping up to the plate more and more, which is good to see. And Keith Earls. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Keith Earls. Uh, he's one of my favorite Irish players of all time. Uh, as like everybody said, he's overcome a lot of personal difficulties uh, and challenges, and he's playing just superbly. It was great to see him get the captaincy uh, midweek uh, test against the Maori All Blacks and get the win. Uh, you know, great to see that for him. And, and uh, you know, I don't think Ireland lose anything by having him on the bench. Uh, another calm and experienced head who is no stranger to the try line and shows some remarkable athleticism uh, for his 34 tender years. So, yeah, I think we're in for an absolute treat. Um, I cannot wait. Uh, it's history on the line, plot lines to follow, you know, the, the, the fortunes of the Irish coaching staff versus the fortunes of uh, the All Black coaching staff, um, with the All Black coaching staff seeming to be on a downward trend and Farrell and his team on an upward trend. Um, so, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, a lot of people have been bugging me, say, come on, come on, make a prediction. My heart says Ireland, 110%. And I think they could do it. But it's still New Zealand. It's not Eden Park. Uh, but it's still New Zealand. Um I'm going to say New Zealand by the, the narrowest of margins. Uh, that's what my head says, but my heart says Ireland. But I think um, even though we're going to have an epic test match on our, our hands, New Zealand will uh, keep their record intact of, of a series win against Ireland and New Zealand. So we shall see. But you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, it is on at 3 a.m. Eastern time. It's available to you on TSN's uh, bonus streaming site. Um, and obviously my fan favorite, um, Premier Sports Asia, both live and demand. Uh, the live, the, sorry, the on-demand stuff um, for uh, TSN hasn't been too bad. Although, having said that, uh, Premier Sports Asia is still getting the, the on-demand stuff out much, much quicker. Um, and unfortunately, as well with TSN, they're still not showing any of the games on any of their uh, TV channels. Um, it's all on the bonus streaming site. And as I say, it can take quite a while for that to, to appear. 
uh, on demand. Whereas with Premier Sports Asia, Sports Asia this weekend, I don't think I had to wait more than half an hour after the game had finished live before I was able to watch it because obviously I didn't get up at 3 a.m. in the morning. So anyway, yeah, lots to look forward to. Uh, how to watch the games uh, for the two providers here in Canada is all over on uh, the Lineout blog under the TV listings page with times. Anyway, take care, folks. I'm going to wrap this one up now. I know I said I was going to include England in this one, but uh, I think, you know, there's so this is such a momentous game coming up that uh, I kind of had to give this one uh, full, full devotion for a full episode. So, yeah, the next episode will wrap up uh, the last three uh, series deciders this weekend. So enjoy what should be a truly epic weekend of rugby. Uh, probably forewarn all your family and friends that you're uh, they're not going to see too much of you on Saturday because I don't think you're really going to want to miss any of it. So take care, and we'll talk to you very soon. Mm-hmm.